Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Casanari-King, and today I am really thrilled to be having Dustin Knight from Newcastle, New Hampshire with us. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, thank you. This is so exciting. I feel like I've done this little dance around you for about five years (laughs) and have never met you. So I've seen your work. I've seen your book. I've looked at your website. And then, um, oddly enough, you teach occasionally here at the Brush and Palette Mm -hmm. in Northampton. And I am a violin teacher upstairs at the Seacoast Academy of Music. So, so excited to have you today. Probably heard your kids playing Christmas carols. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had a lot of that going on. So um, give me a little background. Have you always been a New Englander? Yes, um, pretty much so. My parents, my dad was at Pease Air Force Base and they retired in Newcastle in the late 60s. Lovely area beautiful it's changed a little bit but um it's it's just beautiful and uh grew up here went to school here in newcastle and um went away for college yeah and came came back at the yeah my 30s so, nice yeah. nice so give me a little background i love to find out um artists first recollections of anything artistic as a child well my mom was an artist so I grew up uh, with her at a very vital point in her career. So she had uh, retired from being a, uh, an officer's wife in the Air Force. Okay. And so she was finally doing what she wanted to do most, which was art, which was painting specifically. Yeah. And she actually opened one of the first uh, galleries in Portsmouth. On oh Market Street. Goodness, mm-hmm. wow. And I can remember going. What was as, it called? What it was called the Market Street Gallery. And I can remember going in there as a child and she had the front room was um, the gallery and then in the back room she was painting. So it was, you know, she could be there all day and I would go in and that was when Portsmouth was kind of rough. Yeah, it was. And it was located uh, down at the end of Market Street. Um, I think maybe uh, the flower kiosk or one of those flower places is down there now and um, Bartlett's Mm -hmm. Barrett's and um, uh it was uh, it was fun to grow up there and see her artwork in the windows. So I always validated painting. It was okay, always right. something that was something that someone could do. Yeah. So what medium did she use? She was an oil painter mostly. Okay. But she was also uh, very creative and in that she would um, draw her sources not locally but from more of a national art scene. Okay. So she was doing very pretty sophisticated modern work in terms of collages and drawing from uh, West Coast artists like Mark Toby and okay. uh, things that most that I probably wouldn't have had any access to, yeah. except that uh, she was interested in it. And she had a, an extensive um, art library oh. in the house. Nice. So it was uh, always growing up with art books 
around right. open being used. That kind of and thing. at what point did you start dabbling yourself? I uh, I read that when you gave me a list of questions. I <laughs> thought about that, and I really can't remember not doing oh, it. Wow. You know, it's always been um, sort of a part of, of lifestyle, mm-hmm. what you do. And I do remember um, she used to take me to tech products in the old days. Tech products was the art supply store in the area. Okay. It was, um, uh, it's, it's now gone out of business, but it had everything. And to go in that store with, you know, rows of shiny pens and, <laughs> and you know, paper. To a little and, child. <laughs> oh, it was just great. And she would let, you know, she would buy something for me there, uh-huh. you know. And so always uh, was better than the candy store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So when did you start getting serious? You did major in art in college. What what um, helped you make those that decision? Well, uh, let's see. Um, I went to um, Phillips Exeter Academy and I did some art there, and went on to down to North Carolina to Duke in uh, majored in English and fine art. Oh. So they have a very strong. At that point, they had a particularly strong English department, and I did the art there sort of because I wanted to and uh, with the idea being that my career would be something from the English Mm. background and um, uh, really um, uh, art has always been I think comfortable for me you know it's always been something that uh, was a positive thing it's always been inviting and um, uh, rousing my curiosity my interest so uh, when I decided I wasn't going to be a veterinarian or an animal behaviorist or a mm-hmm. physicist, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, all those things mm-hmm. your dad wants you to be yeah. you know, a lawyer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was sort of like, uh, I think, um, uh, perhaps a teacher, perhaps, uh, uh pursuing, um, the fine arts. Mm-hmm. I think the time I made the definite choice was when I applied to Pratt for graduate school. Okay. And that was like, okay, this is where I want to okay. go. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I love that. My daughter's an English teacher down in Nashville, and she's very artistic. She's, in Nashville? Yeah. Tennessee? Yeah. Oh, I'm from that area as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a great area. Yeah, she loves it. She's she's never leaving, she says. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. booming. But she's really starting to get that artistic flourish, and she's getting out there and doing some of that. So I love it. Mm-hmm. Two things that I would never think go to, together well. I think of English, I think English grammar. Oh, scary no, so, stuff like that. You know, if you, yeah, yeah, that's scary. So when you start getting into, you know, the writing and reading, and, mm, you know, you yeah. a, actually, and that's kind of an important point, is that um, uh, when you come from a background of reading and literature, uh, you're, you have much more accessible to you for information in your artwork. So instead mm. of dealing with, um, you know, uh, the local scenery, perhaps, you can deal with issues that are uh, perhaps more fundamental about, you know, honesty or uh, mm. worthiness or, mm. you know, some of the bigger issues that you see in literature a lot. Yeah. You can draw on those when you're painting. Sure. Nice. Love it. All right. We're going to move to what did you do after college? Where'd you go? Uh, well, I went to, so I went to Pratt and then I, Lived in New York City for 10 years oh, in the 80s. Wow. Yeah. And uh, when I was there, I I did, um, I was a manager of an art gallery in Soho, and I wrote for Art Speak, which is a 
bi-weekly art magazine in New York. Okay. I was a docent at the New Museum and the Whitney Museum. Mm-hmm. So I really was immersed in the uh, New York City art world. I exhibited a lot in uh, the East Village. And so this was, I have to tell you, that okay. during the 80s in New York, yeah. was such an incredible, crazy, heady time. You know, now yeah. now you see documentaries about it, you know. but <laughs> right. to, it, You lived it. I lived it. It was yeah. great. And um, uh, everything was possible. Artists, art was so alive. People that, you know, were spray you know doing the the graffiti on the side of the of the buildings where one day they would be arrested the next day they would be you know given an honor yeah <laughs> put in the front page of the yeah. village voice you know yeah. it was just um uh, it was a young time uh it was breaking all the rules and mm-hmm. being bad and money was and of course drugs everything was just flowing you you mm-hmm. this is when madonna and basquiat yeah. and all those guys were really making their their way and mm-hmm. it was a really fun time to be there I, I think it was uh it's sort of like i imagine when Hemingway was on in paris yeah. that kind of movable right. feast sort right of thing. nice yeah oh that's amazing mm-hmm. so what kind of art were you doing at that time oh what very was your medium uh well you know in those days we we never limited ourselves to yeah. medium okay okay like, yeah i was like <laughs> We, 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 no, no, just anything we happen to find on the street, you know, or coffee grounds or roof tar, you know, all that stuff. So uh, we were um, uh, very much uh, feeling it. it. was a lot of this sort of youthful angst and sexuality and, yeah. you know, and uh, 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 sort of ego was mm. involved in it. And um, uh, our subject matters were mostly about ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, which is a great thing for a 23-year-old to talk about. <laughs> you think? Yeah, yeah, that was right. You know, that hit the nail on the head. It's about all we could talk about. <laughs> oh, my. So what at what point did you settle into uh, watercolor and acrylic? Uh, well, um, so uh, when I was working, so you would often work in – in the New York art scene and where, where I was trained, uh, it was not, uh, as I say, it was not material specific. Okay. Materials were used only as a tool to express something. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't about, uh, uh, you would learn the process and the technique, but that was not the purpose. Okay. That was not why you did it. You did it because you had something you wanted to talk about. You wanted to blow the socks off your neighbor. You wanted to, you know, shake everybody up. You, you you would wake up in the middle of the night, you know, really obsessed by some idea. Yeah. So you would be driven by just the need to create and to do art for art's sake. And so the materials, again, uh, were not, um, even at Pratt, uh, when I was there, th- there were very few classes that were about uh, material use. It was about mm-hmm. creating art. Expression. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, all right, you stayed there 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then? Left at the end of the 80s. Uh, the AIDS crisis hit pretty hard. I was pretty okay. involved in um, in the art scene there. Mm-hmm. And uh, things got started getting really scary. Yeah. And I, uh, I realized that I was probably not going to, I didn't really have the qualifications to make it. In in the that venue to the to the level that I had once thought I would, 
and the reason for that is uh, uh, to succeed in that uh, is very much of a, a personality thing and your mm. willingness to sort of um, participate in a, was a very intense scene mm-hmm. and to compromise a lot of your personal values. And it was just, I just realized I, I was really too normal, I think, oh. to really... Okay. You know, be the superstar that yeah. I thought that I might be at one point. <laughs> so I was happy to leave New York. Too normal. I was too normal. <laughs> That's the way it was. It was such a great time. You know, I tell my kids about it and they just roll their eyes, you know, yeah. <laughs> Until they see a documentary. Yeah. In it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, well, it's just crazy. But um, so then I went to, pre- to um, Boston University. Okay. And I came back and thought, well, you know, I probably need a job. So I went to BU in art history. So I had majored in art history and in uh, in uh, studio art at Pratt. And so I went into the um, the uh, program, the advanced program at Boston University in art history, which was much more conservative than any of the than the New York scene. But um, I uh, I liked. You know, my background has been heavily educational as well as artistic. So mm-hmm. I can move pretty freely between the between two you. of them. So I enjoyed the art history and uh, uh, Boston University is a great school. And they were, um, uh, you know, you'd learn the canon. And then you would, we were, uh, at the time, it was very much involved in um, uh, racial issues, gender issues, sure. you know, which if of course, continued on to today, but we yeah. were there sort of when the first sort of publications and the writers were coming out with these new, really uh, uh, striking ideas about uh, gender and race. And mm-hmm. I think it started earlier than that. In, I saw it in New York, you know, with the women's issues. Sure. It would just be the Gorilla Girls and all that stuff was beginning. And then when I got to BU, I was involved with some uh, people that were also working at Harvard that were talking about race issues Mm -hmm. and for and I just sort of veered off I was curious about um, uh, the changes that were going around in our perception of of, uh, uh, racial and gendered art or uh, things that had to do with why a person would paint what they would paint and Mm -hmm. why a person felt the need to express what they need to express and um, you know what made them them Mm -hmm. and doing the kind of art that they wanted so I, uh, I sort of ended up writing my thesis on Basquiat at the time. Uh-huh. Do you know Jean-Michel Basquiat? Oh, okay. Yes. So at the time, so I had seen him in New York when he was just starting out. And, uh, you know, the art, in the art where we were all abuzz about him. But, he, but by the time I got to graduate school, he was still not that well known outside of New York. Mm. So I... Um, but I knew about him. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So I wrote my paper on him. And and then um, I had uh, some kids. Okay. Okay. And I sort of uh, uh, stepped out of the academia for a little while to raise children. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to teaching at the New Hampshire Institute of Art. Well, I started at Maine College of Art and mm-hmm. Riverwood and Hartwood and um, not Riverwood. What is it? River. Tree, River Tree, okay. some of the smaller community colleges. Yeah. And then I put quite a long stint into the New Hampshire Institute of Art. Mm-hmm. Nice. And when did you go out on your own as selling your art and going to just 
I mean, obviously you were doing that in New York, but as I, I guess I'm getting out the watercolor and when did you kind of wholly give yourself over to the water and the acrylic? So, uh, um, I haven't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, uh, so what, so, um, it's interesting, uh, your perception on that. Yeah. Uh, I think probably you have an idea of what a lot of people, um, in the area think. So, uh, so one of the things I want to talk about today, when I, when you invite me to do mm-hmm. this, I thought, you know, what can I say that will be a little different than some of the other people? What is, what is, what can I, what can I contribute to your program? And uh, one of the things that I thought about was, uh, I uh, I remember when I started off as an artist that there was a feeling that you had to give it all to be an artist. Mm. And you had to um, uh, be a certain kind of person to be an artist. And you had to, it would be very difficult to succeed as an artist and have a family, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays, I don't think that that's such a big issue. But for me at the time, when I was coming through, I was coming through from women who had been artists but were had compromised a normal lifestyle to be an artist. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I wanted to be see if I could do both. How did you perceive your mother when she was uh, running she, the gallery? That's an interesting question. That's good you. Did you have siblings too? I did. I was the youngest and they had gone away to college. Uh, she... Um, She was pretty progressive for her day. She was, wasn't she? That's really good. Uh, That's a good question. So I think maybe she's inspired me on that. Good. Good. I love that. That's a nice connection. So I think you're right for her time, for Mm. her to, you know, uh, bring her kid to the studio and paint. That's right. You're right. You're right. And to be brave enough to open a gallery in a pretty rough Portsmouth. That's right. That's, that's pretty she tough was pretty cookie. gutsy, wasn't she? <laughs> you know, and I think that uh, 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 she didn't have to make she didn't have to support herself on it, okay. which was yeah. you know which was good, yeah. and maybe that's what helped sure. her with that. Sure. I think that uh, and maybe the next step was me trying to figure out how I could support myself, yeah. you know, with kids. I married, and uh, um, but you know, it takes a lot of money to raise kids, yeah. so yeah. How, you know, to contribute equally to the sure. to the income of the family. Okay. So uh, I wanted that level of success. I wanted to be, I wanted to feel as though I wasn't a hobby. I wanted to feel Mm. as though I was, you know, I was important to the success of the family. So uh, in that step, how how do you do that as as an artist? How do you um, juggle those things? And there's a lot of sacrifice involved in that. And there's a lot of... uh, um, choosing one path instead of perhaps the one that would be more fun, mm-hmm. you know, and um, teaching was certainly my, my step on that. So yeah. I, it was safe mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it was, I loved it. Yeah. You know? I can see. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, I was a chairperson of the foundation department up at the New Hampshire Institute of Art. And I would teach uh, uh, the graduate programs there and the uh, continuing ed programs and, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, we mm-hmm. had a great time there. We were um, toward the beginning when it was still Manchester Institute of Art and okay. stuff. And um, uh, we we taught kids and uh, got them excited about the, 
possibilities of being an art and 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 helping them realize they could uh, have families and mm -hmm. and also work in mm -hmm. studio. Mm -hmm. And um, it was very uh, very heady and positive to to see students leave the program who continued in the field. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I've always thought that's. I did okay with that. No, nice. I did okay with that. Nice. Okay, let's back up to my attempt to pigeonhole you as, as oh, a watercolorist yeah, and okay. acrylic yeah, artist. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for that. That's okay. Let's let's cover that. Um, well, I think I, I started uh, giving you an idea of the way I felt when, mm -hmm. I, in terms of uh, my training in, in New York, where it's not media-specific. It's right. um, And I still feel that way. I work... Currently, I work in whatever medium I feel like working at the time. Okay. So uh, my studio is set up in various areas of supposedly this is collage. Supposedly the oil paints are there. The you know the ink and sticks are here. The watercolors here. The acrylics here. And yet, of course, after ten minutes. It all meshes together <laughs> and it's just one big mess, you know, okay. but um, it's not. A, um, so I, I actually also need to talk about how uh, one of the one of the skills that I've learned as a mom and as an artist is um, uh, uh, sort of what do you say when you put things in categorizing? Uh-huh. It's not the right word. I think okay. of it later. But it has to do with compartmentalizing. compartmentalizing. That's it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, moms do that all the time. Oh, yeah. Do we not do that? Mm -hmm. You know, we mm -hmm. have to do that. Yeah. And we have to be able to move from thing to thing and be totally focused on it when we're there yeah. and then let it go completely yeah. when, you know, the cat throws up on the head. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> within 60 seconds. <laughs> yes, yes. And we get and we're good, good at, at it. it. <laughs> yeah. We are good at it. Yeah. This is an incredible skill. skill. It's it fabulous. Is. Now link it. Yeah. Help so me. okay. So I'm this, on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know that I've done it. So so I I do that in the studio uh, in terms of uh, the project that I'm working on at the time. Okay. So I have multiple projects that I work on, both uh, uh, in terms of deadlines, in terms of audiences, in terms of uh, what I might want to do, both working sideways in terms of materials and vertically in terms of uh, what I want. To what I want to express creatively. Mm -hmm. So what you so the reason that you're thinking I'm a watercolors is because uh, you've probably seen more of my watercolors around yeah. here, and some of them are quite. Let's uh, um, uh, word for this. Um, predictable. They're familiar. Okay. Familiar. Uh, local scenes of um, you know the beaches or the tugboats or mm -hmm. and they're uh, and. I bring, um, I want to emphasize that even though those works are familiar, uh, I bring, just like when we compartmentalize, we bring as much attention to grocery shopping as we do to, you know, getting the kids dressed to church or whatever we do. Mm -hmm. So every, I when I'm doing scenes of uh, Prescott Park, mm -hmm. for example, I bring as much integrity and knowledge and uh, love to those as I do to um, other pieces, which may be, uh, you know, four by six feet and uh, and studio that I'm working on right now is these wonderful pores across the top of this uh, multiple colors of 
And at this point, the paint is, who knows what kind of paint it is. It's, it's water-based, but it's got so much junk in it. And they just pour down and then using stencils to rip off oh. the, from the scene. So I have a, a very large range okay. of what I do in yeah. the studio. Uh, and um, probably more than most people. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that has to do with... Uh, stuff that I really want to do and stuff that I think um, I might want to do that my classes might want to do. Yeah. You know, like I can't, I can't teach people how to do these kinds yeah. of large pieces. Right. I, I need to teach them how to do a picture of Prescott Park. Sure. So I can, uh, or I might need to do still ice because, um, uh, because I look around the house and I go, gosh, you know, look at all these beautiful pots, you know, I, I should be painting those. And so I might go in that direction as well. Yeah. So I, um, and I used to get worried that I was too all over the place. I'd have people come to my studio and go and be just kind of freaked out. Yeah. These are all yours? Are you schizophrenic? How many person? how many dusties are we talking to here, you know? And I would, uh. And I think, gosh, you know, maybe I am. But did did you ever settle into a series at any time? I I well, here's the story. Is there <laughs> when I look back now that I'm you know in my sixties, I look back and realize, oh my gosh, there are these series that have been going on since uh, you know since the eighties. Okay. So uh, there's a continuity that is it's not monthly, it's not yearly, it's a uh, decade. And I think that you'll find that when you look at a lot of artists that continue working the whole time. There's uh, themes that uh, come and go and are expressed different ways uh, in different mediums over time. Mm. And uh, you really don't see it until you until they pull out a painting that they did in 1980 and they hold it up with yeah. a painting now and you go, oh, my gosh, wow. you, you're not crazy. Yeah. You know, there is a continuity you are interested in the verticals and the light going in and out behind them and, uh, and the surface and, uh, and the, the lyrical brushstroke. So you begin to, uh, it, it's really nice because you're working so much just on blind faith yeah. when you're working this way yeah. and that, uh, you just hope that it's somehow part of the whole direction you're moving in, but you don't know where you're really going. Hmm. So, uh, but again, you know, you see uh, different markets see different parts of that. Yeah. So it's like, I guess it's kind of like the elephant. You know, you guys, a lot of people see the flower watercolors. Mm-hmm. I love doing the flower yeah. watercolors. Oh, yeah. man, you're fun, fun, fun. So and they you mostly s- come from your head. Is that right? You just kind of start. I want to talk about that too. Okay, yeah, we'll mind. get to it. <laughs> so, uh, so um, but there's that's just part of the elephant. For me, there's yeah. a lot more of the elephant that's going on. And, uh, um, you know, and I think about, gosh, I should let people know about these other parts of the elephant. But, uh, mm. you know, then that that was part of your social media question later, I suppose. But, uh, you know, then you just go back in the studio and you say, well, you know, I'm just going to keep working. Yeah. yeah, nice. So it's a balancing act because you have to balance, you know, expectations of, the public and the classes and the and the deadlines mm-hmm. with what you want to express and yes. do constantly. Yeah. So you're uh, you and 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 also I think so as an artist, uh, expectations of yourself are really important. 
Mm-hmm. So don't don't put too many of those expect. Don't uh, so. Well, you have to have expectations, but don't overwhelm yourself. Don't strangle yourself with expectations and mm-hmm. have a fluidity, particularly, I think, as a woman, mm-hmm. to be able to move between these different uh, compartments. And if you start sort of worrying about it, you can, it's harder to get from one to the other. Mm-hmm. So you just uh, just embrace it and, uh, and move um, uh, for this for a while and then move for that for a while and then move for this and then realize that you're actually dealing with the same issue, but in three different mediums. Mm. And um, I guess it's almost like a belief in yourself. Yeah. No. That's, that's amazing. I just, <laughs> I am such a little stick in the mud with my little tiny palette of oils. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but I love what you're saying. It just feels so expansive and, and it, unique. It's a, yeah. uh, yeah, it's about the art, you know? So, so let's talk a bit about your teaching in your book. Whatever you'd like mm. to start with. Okay, so the book is again one part of the whole picture, and that mm. um, well, the story about the book was uh, I was very fortunate. I got a phone call, and it was uh, an acquiring editor from nice. Rockport Publishers in New York, okay. and I think um, I think that what they were looking for was someone who. Uh, had never written a book before, but who could write. So yeah. I'd done a lot of writing for Art New England and different magazines and um, uh, with an English background and stuff. So they knew, I'm sure they did their research on me, sure. and they knew that I could I could probably write something. Mm-hmm. And they looked at the art and they thought, well, uh, you know, this is, this is pretty. You know, mm-hmm. someone might want to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and then they checked to see that I knew nothing at all about writing a book. And I said, this is the one. She's great. We can tell her anything. Yeah, She'll go right her. along with it, which I did. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a beautiful book. It's called Painting the Impressionistic Landscape, Exploring Light and Color in Watercolor and Acrylic. Thank you. It's yeah. stunning. The cover is it the cover? Right? Well, it's amazing. It's, Front and back. <laughs> so that was the whole thing. As what I realized was I started looking at these books and some of these, you know, they're very detailed and mm. they give you the paints and the just do this and then just right. nothing. Oh man, just shoot me. So what I really wanted, no, and honestly, these guys do this so much better than I do. Yeah. You know, they should, that's what they should do. Okay. But what I wanted was something really pretty yeah. that, you know, that you would look and so your reaction's perfect. Yeah. You know, you look at it and go, oh, oh, yeah. that looks really fun. You know, yeah. got a gobby, right. you know, paintbrush there. And your hands covered My with hands paint. Covered with I paint. mean, I couldn't wait to get yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> to see what you are doing. So um, what is your teaching like these days? Um, Well, I retired from New Hampshire Institute of Art and just sort of am teaching privately occasionally. I do um, one of a really fun thing that I do consistently for like the last 15 more years is I do a a five-day workshop in Newcastle. Yeah, I saw that and it's coming up. In July, July. usually the second or third. And there's this plein air studio mix. It's great fun. We have uh, we uh, have a studio set up in Parish Hall, which is this terrific space. We put down ground cloths and put plastic over the tables and stuff. And in uh, and when the weather's good, we go out and walk around out on location. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if the weather's bad, we work in the studio. Okay. And there's a kitchen and it's catered and oh wow yeah it's fun. That sounds great. Uh, you know, I, I, there have been times when I thought, oh, I should really stop this. And then 
And then I it starts getting near June and, and I start thinking, oh, I'm really looking forward to this, you know. <laughs> I and hear you. They have a great time. And a lot of people have been taking the class since it started. So ah. it's uh, it sort of gets to be kind of a family. Is it just any medium people can come with? Mostly watercolor. Mostly okay. watercolor. It just because it's easy to take out, but yeah. not necessarily. So on rainy days, I might do a collage project. Mm. I try to um, go back to... I like to teach foundations of art, so I might do a color series. So we might work on um, how to mix colors and uh, design with colors and what colors go with what colors and, you know, now color theory, basically. Mm -hmm. I might do, so it's not just um, this is how you paint reflections. It's usually got a really strong base in um, art school fundamentals okay so do you think that's the strength that makes your workshops unique is that i think it really is helpful like... and i think that my students go out knowing uh more for themselves mm. than just how to do what i do so that's your goal yeah with your workshops. i nice. have two goals with my teaching okay. the what the first one is that they uh, are inspired to uh, pick up the paintbrush the next day or so yeah. so to keep going okay. that's really the most important yeah. thing i think and then the second thing is just a little, they're a little smarter. Yeah. And do you teach um, to paint from life, from photos, combination? Uh, again, I do all of that. So. Um, Does the workshop kind of. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask, uh, I'll, I'll ask them what they want to work on so I can work with people. So sometimes I'll have people come in with a, a photo that really want to, learn how to, to do that. And I can teach them how to do that. I think, um, again, I, uh, I'll do the technique with them enough to give them the tools, but it's really looking for something that's inspiring and exciting for them. It's, it's that, you know, that's, that's what keeps most people coming back to the studio is this idea of, wow, what would happen if I did this, Mm. you know? So, um, now may be a good time to talk about this idea. Please. So uh, one of the things that I've, I've been thinking about a lot lately is um, I have a lot of students who I love that come to me and uh, say, you know, I haven't had time to get in the studio. Mm-hmm. I haven't, uh, I really want to paint. The only time I paint is at your classes or the, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and of course that's the way life is, isn't it? Know. You know? And they often feel really bad about it. And I, I don't like, I don't like people to feel bad about their art. You know, I, it's a positive thing. It, it should be perceived somehow as a, as, as something that you want to do mm-hmm. something that it makes your life better, you know? So I say, uh, so I've been thinking about it a lot and I've realized that I often don't get into the studio as much as I want either. Mm. I'm a little spoiled on that, but, mm. uh, but but what I do do is um, I'm uh, I'm always living in a, this sounds kind of corny. No? You know, this sounds corny. Let's have okay. it. Okay. So <laughs> I live in this world where I'm always uh, an artist. Mm. So I'm always uh, aware and looking and thinking and reading and um, uh, daydreaming about art. Mm-hmm. about making, about what things look like, about the light, mm-hmm. about uh, the redness of the those, you know, those trees coming out of the snow, you know, the, yeah. you know, right on the edge, 
the the stems are really red, yes. you know. Yes. And uh, so uh, I think probably in terms of an artist, if I had to decide, I, making is certainly important, but I think actually living in this sort of magical world where you're actually seeing things and uh, and not just seeing them, but saying, I'm seeing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I'm, I'm aware of seeing that and mm-hmm. it's incredible. And how come everybody else is driving by and they're not seeing that, right. you know? Right. And um, uh, and that leads into, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that the reflections on the water are black and white. How come no? How come everybody is not parked on the side of this road looking at these reflections? This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And there's a red thing there, and now this is black and white and red down there. Oh, my gosh, this is yeah. just like, yeah. I can't believe it. You know, I'm in trouble breathing. I know, I know. And, and people are just driving <laughs> yeah. by, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, so I'm I'm looking for that. Uh, this series that I'm doing now, The Pouring, is is based on the reflections going down into the water and, mm. the, and the crisscrosses. Oh, yes. Oh, those are gorgeous. Well, it's just this they time of year so where fun. everything is very stark. You yeah. know, you get these black and white graphic yeah. things that are just astounding. Yeah. And if you have anything with color on it, it's just like those uh, those bushes growing out of the snow. It's just electrifying. So mm-hmm. you see these things. So even if you're parked in a parking lot waiting for your daughter to come out of CVS with mm-hmm. $200 worth of you know cosmetics <laughs> that you can't afford to pay for, it, and she's not paying for it, right. you know, you're sitting there and you're looking at, you know, this birch tree, which is the most beautiful birch tree you've ever seen in your mm-hmm. life. And you're thinking, oh, my God, I got to paint this. I know. I do that with my husband. We'll be going for a walk. I'll just go, oh, and he'll get beside me and kind of look and just smile. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? It is so magical. He knows he doesn't quite get what I'm seeing. but You know, what's interesting is people, once they know that you're seeing stuff, they're like following you around. You yeah. know, they're like, well, what, what do you see? He's better at it now. Yeah. At first he was like, oh, okay. But um, can we get back to... For a second, your students and, and you not wanting them to feel bad. Because I, as a student, you know, I, I struggle with that too. Sometimes the only time I'm painting, not not recently, not the last two years, but definitely the first two years, the only time I painted was in a class. And I think a lot of that was so much insecurity. And it did make me feel bad that I was afraid to touch it outside of class. So how do you help your students pass that? Uh, I th- I think that uh, I think that part of that is the feeling that you're only an artist when you're painting. And what um, what okay. my story here is is that yeah. is that you're you're an artist all the time okay. just by looking. So you and that them. and that so the transition into the studio yeah. is not an yeah. oh my gosh it's a you're already painting You've the picture. Been, mm. You already know you want to do the white birch against the snow with the okay. blue behind it. So when you get there when you have an opportunity to get the materials in your hand to do it, mm. it's like, this, yeah, that's what I was thinking was going to look yeah. like. Oh my gosh, that's not what I thought it was. Oh, this, this, I don't want to do this. I want to do a <laughs> purple sky. You know. Yeah. So you're always uh, visualizing. I think uh, this skill of visualizing is really important. And, and that was another thing I wanted to talk mm. about is that I know uh, that uh, most a lot of artists encourage sketching, mm-hmm. and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the reality of it is is most of us don't mm. do that mm. you know it's that other step of having to find it in your purse you know and your purse is in the back and the dog's sleeping on it you know so what can you do when you, you know it's hard. it's just a little hard. I, I hear you yeah so so you can just sit there and and look and visualize mm. 
what that, what, how would you mix that color? How would you mix that gray? You know, yeah. what gray is that? You know, yeah. or a seaweed color, or what color is what color is this carpet? Or um, uh, uh, see that edge there, how that turns up like that. So seeing and visualizing. Now let's see if I was going to uh, do that uh, symbol, I would have to be kind of an uh, you know wouldn't be it would be an oval kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you begin to mm. look at the world in terms of your paintings. And so the line begins to blur and you're actually living your visualizing your paintings all the time. I have to put yeah. a disclaimer in here. Okay. Do not drive into this. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> you have, have to be sh shut this off because <laughs> it can really yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, but right. when you're you know, when the car is turned off safely and you're sitting waiting for someone, uh, beginning to visualize what you would do if you could paint that. Okay, so do you ever whip out your phone and take pictures for later? Or are you just downloading it to your brain? Uh, uh, both. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I find I don't, when I take a photograph of it, uh, often in my with my phone, I don't go back to it. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So, so and that, uh, visualizing is a skill. You get better and better and better yeah. at it, you know. it's yeah. uh, um, But it's a really good one to have. It's a really good tool in a toolbox. Mm -hmm. And you begin to see the world as just this place where you can pull things and and put them into your own you know your own library yeah. and then bring them out and even when you bring them out if they're not the way they were when they went in that's okay mm -hmm. so in fact it's probably better because it's been turned around and bumped into all the other things inside you yeah. so that it, it's uh um fresher mm -hmm. you know it's one of the things that uh we did in uh, uh one of the things that in training was never paint the same painting twice Never, uh, never um, paint what someone else is painting. It's what they taught us to print. Hmm. Yeah. So that was when you were, when you're, a, when you're a real artist, you don't paint anybody else's painting. You don't do a painting you've done before. Mm -hmm. It's always what can you bring that has not been done to this? How can you make this different? Mm -hmm. How can you make this better? How can you make it more with you in it than what someone else? Uh, so. Um, that opens some doors, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's scary. It's a little yeah. scary. Yeah. 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 I, I like that. I, um, could we talk a bit about the flowers and how they kind of come out of your head? You had a lovely... Uh, well, uh, so the flowers, I'll tell you the beginning of the flowers. So I came from New York and, um, you know, we were into doing, you know, a lot of figurative work, a lot of narrative figurative work uh, based on... Uh, the heroes of the time, like Anson Kiefer and Julian Schnabel and the big, the big boys, and um, a, a lot of German influence, German expressionism. So we came, uh, and uh, a lot of dark, you know, a lot of kind of angst, you know, kind of stuff. You know, we were all smoking, you know, and yeah. dirty, and, you know, it was great. Yeah. And I came to New Hampshire, and um, I discovered that uh, really I... I'm really not very angst-filled. I'm, um, mm -hmm. I'm really kind of happy. Again, there was that problem about yeah. being normal, you know? <laughs> yeah. Darn, you know? I, I, I couldn't come up with a story, you know, about how, how abused I was. Right, so, right. I, so I thought, no you know. tortured soul here. I know, and, I, and not only that, I like flowers. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I thought, so I struggled with that a long time. It's like, gosh, I I love flowers. Yeah. I love the abstract quality of them. I love the characters. Some are so fragile and, mm -hmm. and flowy and some are stiff and, 
and you know aggressive and some are you know droopy and some are spiky and some are you know flowers are great yeah. and i and i oh my god don't tell anybody <laughs> and watercolor oh my gosh don't tell anybody i'm working in watercolor oh my gosh so i uh I, I figured out. And what was everyone else doing in their closet? That's what you Yeah, know. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, go ahead. So I started mounting the, one of the problems with watercolor initially was that when you saw them, they were behind glass and they were small. And so they would be in a room with acrylics. So I always worked very aggressively with acrylics and the watercolors would, uh, you wouldn't see them. So I started, um, I developed this technique which now a lot of people do, but uh, with hard panels, Emperor Sam came out with a new material, which were those hard boards uh-huh. and the, with the um, frame on them. So they were like boxes and I would adhere the watercolor paper to the panel. Okay. And um, watercolor paper comes in rolls. So you can get it 72 inches wide and six feet long. Wow. So I thought, well, this is cool. So I, <laughs> and you can get panels custom made that mm-hmm, big. Mm-hmm. So I started working really large with watercolors. Uh, So I've got some that are in the Dover courthouse that are probably um, seven by four feet, you know, and then there's, I think there's one in the the Manchester Community College or something that's 21 feet. So, so that now watercolor starts being kick ass, huh? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, baby. So you put the paper down. Is that on your website? Do you have any pictures available? I should. I keep meaning to go get this. How many kids do it? Yeah, I should, right? Yeah, I could pay for that. Yeah. (laughs) I had to pay them to go take the picture. You know, they didn't do anything for free. I could pay them with the makeup. That would be, because I'm going to be doing that anyway. They can do stuff on the computer in five seconds. It takes me, you know, an hour. Yeah. (laughs) I would like to see. That would be great. So those are are, uh, public, uh, those are through the percentage for the arts in New Hampshire kind of thing, those programs. So working that large with watercolor, with the with the varnish on top, uh, again the watercolor is just paint. It's just uh, it's just like oil. It's just like acrylic. In what kind of brushes do you use? To big do ones, something that big. Big ones and lots of water. <laughs> I mean, it's quite something. Wow. You have to like clear the decks for something. So it's well, I used to work that size in acrylics. So it was really, okay. it's really uh, not not you know I it's like not it. For the it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You know, you have to uh, manage it. It's more like managing a disaster situation. <laughs> you know, paint's going all directions. It's really fun. So I would do all of those all the time if I could find some place to put them. But uh, so that was the watercolor. Uh, that was my transition from New York into watercolor here. And that okay. just, I, I, of course, I can do the really small ones and I can do the detailed realistic flowers and mm-hmm. I can do, you know, that. And I sometimes I do. Uh, when life is getting really scary or out of control, I'll find that I'll go sit down and do a really realistic watercolor, like a flower, for example. You know, absolutely hyper-realism. But my attention, usually one or two is enough for me, and then I want to go back and start using, you know, the broom on the big pieces. When you paint those, the the large size, are they upright? Are they on the floor? They're on the floor, usually outdoors. Wow. Yeah. You run around with a broom on them, probably. <laughs> it's really, yeah. It's a, it's wow. really lots of stuff happening so cool fast. To see. It yeah. is a blast. Wow. But, uh, you know, again, and with the varnish on top of them, now you've, you've got something that uses a, so watercolor has a fluidity, obviously, and a transparency that you don't get in acrylic. Mm-hmm. They've, they've done it a little bit with the high, high fluid um, acrylics, 
but they, it doesn't move the same way. Watercolor has this wonderful washback and these, uh, these, the characteristics of watercolor are unique to the medium. Mm-hmm. So when I'm interested in getting those kinds of delicacy, uh, transparencies and nuances of values and stuff, that was, that's material I use. Mm-hmm. If I'm interested in creating something that is um, uh, more uh, three-dimensional and more aggressive and more permanent, then I'll move into acrylic with mixed media and sticks. You know, right. So again, that, that's yeah. my point there about yeah. sort of using the material as a, as a tool. Mm-hmm. Than, and your hands get involved. How do you, when does that happen? I don't know. Somehow in the middle of it, I decide. You look up in there. Yeah. I usually have paint with like six or seven brushes in my hands. And it's like, well, <laughs> you, know, you get pretty physical. It's very much of a. a Sounds like a workout. Yeah. Chocolate. Yes. Chocolate and caffeine. Love it. Love Loud it. music. Michael Jackson. You know. So what do you have for a future series or plans or anything coming up? Well, so I was thinking about that question as well. And I think that, um, you know, when so sometimes you start looking around and you're thinking, gosh, you know, I better start getting serious here. (laughs) So, so, you know, I've, I've had, I've had a certain amount of success, you know, I've, um, I and I, uh, I'm I'm I think I'm painting as an artist, pretty much the way I want to. Right now, I'm doing a lot of corporate uh, commission work around okay. the country. Wow. So um, I, you know, I make a living doing that. I don't don't do a lot of gallery work mm-hmm. because I'm so busy doing the uh, the the commercial, the wow. big commissions, hospitals, yeah, you know, things like that. Um, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I, I love the idea of doing uh, like a floral, big floral watercolor uh, for a, you know, a cancer ward kind of thing. I just love the wow. idea of being able to and put these that are originals. Somewhere. They're not making yeah. prints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. Some corporations will buy some to make prints, but mm-hmm. but that's but mostly they're originals, and so I enjoy doing that. But um, so you asked me what I have in the plans ahead. Uh, well, I'm always thinking. That I've got to, uh, I got to get serious. I got to, <laughs> I got to, you know, I got to get that, oh. you know, museum show. I got to get this gallery show. I've got to, you know, uh, get more cre- more things to add on to my resume. And hmm. then I look at my resume and go, oh, wait, where am I, I already, put it? Yeah, I already did that, <laughs> you know. And, and I think, well, no, you know, I, I can't, I got to, got to push in. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, that's probably a late middle age thing, you know, yeah. thinking like I'm running out of time. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then I go into the studio and I just transition right in there and all of that fades away. Okay. And it's really about, well, look, you know, so I started <laughs> about icebergs. I had all these other ideas I was going to do. And then I went into the studio and I'm looking at the icebergs on that really warm day. Oh. And they're sifting through on the back channel. And I'm thinking, <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're on drugs. <laughs> like you've never seen them. Yeah, you know, yeah. You've been living there for 45 years and you look out there one morning and you go, oh, wow, man. <laughs> and, so, and so I start, you know, thinking about those abstract shapes and the angles mm-hmm. and then the, the reflection thing I'm so excited about right now. And, mm-hmm. and, and then everything fades away. Yeah. And you order, you know, six 30 by 30 paintings, canvases, yeah. and you think, I don't think this is going to be enough. Wow. You know, and you just... 
Can't wait. Love it's it. great stuff. Love it. So what would be your definition of success? Sounds like that might be it. <laughs> well, you know, you want to make a, enough money so mm -hmm. that uh, people that are not artists take you seriously. I think, mm. you know, and you want to be able to justify it with your husband that, you know, yeah. that you're not, you know, um, you want to be able to pay for your daughters to go into CVS <laughs> and buy. Oh, you know boy. what they used to do? Like, they used to take me into CVS and they'd park me in front of the, you know, those, um, those uh, Essie, the fingernail polishes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'd park me in front of there yeah. and then they'd go shopping and I would sit there. Incredible colors. colors. They, knew, they knew how to keep mom busy. <laughs> I would end up, I'd put my shirt like this, and I have like, you know, like 25 of the different jars, and they'd come back and they go, You can't buy all this, mom. <laughs> oh, yes. But, uh, uh, and I think actually to go back to this mom and art thing, I think you have to see your children and your life as uh, contributing to yourself as an artist mm. rather than, you know, it used to be. Uh, they detracted and they and they got in the way of your art, but in fact, they give your life so much joy and or conflict or drama or mm. something that you need to pull that into your artwork. Mm. You need to use that energy and to um, uh, somehow uh, make it come out in your work so that it your work is more fully who you are yeah. and not who somebody who else right. it should be coming from the things that are in your life. Yeah. So, uh, which change, <laughs> which change, right. There's always that fluidity and that flexibility. Mm -hmm. I see artists often that will, um, get in a niche with their creativity and the market will require them to produce a certain kind of artwork for a long time. And, um, you, you talk to them, you know, when they don't think that anybody's listening and they're usually not too happy about it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, which is good. I think because as an artist, you should be excited about what you're doing. You should mm. be, you know, um, you can't wait to try, you know, this. Or you look through a magazine and you see something, oh, I could do that in metallic silver, you know, and gold <laughs> and glitter. You know, wow, where's my studio? Yeah. You know? yeah. So that, uh, that's a really nice place to work. That's nice. Mm. Yeah, that would be. That would be success. <laughs> yeah, that having the best of both. Um, okay, what's your greatest challenge that you face now at this point? I'm sure they've changed, but what might I, be the greatest? Okay, I think being kind to myself. Mm. I think that um, that same thing I was just talking about. Now I got to get serious. Yeah. Is that same being kind to myself and say? Because I went in with that with New York when I was in there in the '80s, and I was making these very real choices about whether I wanted to go hang out, uh, you know, with the superstars and the, uh, you know, the, the fancy restaurants. I, I had a lot of, uh, I was fortunate to have friends that were pretty plugged in and I would kept making the choices, you know, I think I'll stay here and go paint, yeah. you know? So, uh, and I sometimes get in, in retrospect, so I think just being kind to myself when I make the choices um, that I do, I think is, uh, what's the question? Yeah, it was the challenge, the challenge, yeah. the greatest challenge. So being nice to myself. Being kind. Yeah, mm. I think, you know, it's. Uh, um, yeah, you have to find that balance where you're, you're at peace with your practice and everything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be tricky. It can be pulled out of, of wax so easily, I think. Yeah, because and, and that's really kind of the way it should be, you know, I mean, 
you have artists that isolate themselves, but as moms, we can't isolate ourselves. We don't want to isolate ourselves. Yeah. We like being moms yeah. and, and wives, you know, yeah. and, and having someone's problem become right. really huge, you yeah. know, like, you know, I got a, a C on a paper. It's like, oh my God, the world's <laughs> ending, you know, that's really fun. Yeah. And I'm not giving that up, yeah. you know, so, uh, so that is that balance. Mm. Is that wonderful balance. So let's see, we've got your website. Dustin Knight with a K mm -hmm. dot com. Mm -hmm. Where are you on social media? Um, uh, you know, I read Jason's stuff and I, yeah, uh, um, Jason Horse, yeah I, he's wonderful. And I try to, um, uh, keep up on it. I, uh, I try to give myself an hour or two every couple of days to really zero in on social media. Mm -hmm. I think I know I need to work on it more. Again, mm -hmm. it's, um, it doesn't come as easily as it does to me to the 23 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I'm beginning to uh, develop a, a, a choice to uh, begin to deal one-on-one -on -one with my, with my collectors. Okay. So um, and this might be helpful to your listeners in that you can sort of broad sweep it and do the gallery scene where you're selling to people that you don't know right. through the galleries. Jason talks about this, I mm. think. And um, uh, you, you know, you, they may like you or they may not like you. Or they, you don't really know who they are. Or, mm -hmm. You know, it's just sort of an impersonal kind of thing. Or there's also this new thing with uh, because of the social media, where you can begin to develop relationships with people. Right. And this is very exciting to me because um, I'll even though often the price point is much lower than a gallery situation mm -hmm. and it all falls on me to uh, continue the relationship. It's I've discovered, and this is actually pretty recent that I love uh, meeting up with friends or seeing friends of friends and having them say, Oh my gosh, Dusty, every time I walk in my room, my living room, your painting is there mm -hmm. and it makes me so happy. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Whoa, yeah. you know, so it's a different way than I was taught at, at graduate school. Mm. It's a different way of marketing in a way. It's more of a, uh, a establishing a relationship with someone who really likes my work and who who wants to know, to see the next piece I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, that's really encouraging too, who, who is excited about my artistic journey, yeah. you know? And I'm following it. Yeah. They values it, you know, right. they value it and they... Uh, yeah, so it begins to be almost symbiotic in that sure. I know that uh, that I have people that you know that like my work and that are interested in what I'm going to come up with next, and mm -hmm. you know, and I fire it off on Facebook or I fire it off on emails, and they write back and say, "Oh, this is really great." You mm -hmm. know? So you do keep an email list? Yes, and yeah. I do Facebook pretty regularly okay. too. What about Instagram? Uh, you know, I'm supposed to do Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> supposed to that's what my kids say too uh, 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 i know you know and i periodically i'll make a stab at it but i think i feel most comfortable i like facebook a lot and i mm. um and i like the emails you know it's always something to spend more time at and to work harder at and mm. but um do but you do a blog or a newsletter or i don't okay. and uh, uh i think about a newsletter sometimes and uh it's not fitting into my schedule and what about if someone's interested in taking that Newcastle workshop, where would they find information? Well, they could go on my website, okay. uh, dustinknight.com, which sh I should spend more time on. 
or they could do <laughs> or they could Facebook friend me at Dusty okay. and that's under Dusty Night. Dusty. Dusty with Night. A y. Yeah, Dusty Night. Yeah. Okay. And I I tend to be more active in talking about that, and people can say, well, you know, what the heck are you talking about? You know, when is that thing, and yeah. why did you put it on a date? You know. <laughs> A month ago, so you know, I, I it's a more flexible conversational okay. kind of medium for me. Okay, and then the brush and palette you teach right. periodically. So, yes, and that would be on the brush and palette website or on yours. Um, um, or or PM me or PM me. PM me. Yeah. So Mary, you know, Mary's been doing this for years. Yeah. The brush and palette. Yeah. She's really a remarkable person. Yeah. You know. So um, again, that's you know, uh, it's. It's really nice to be part of sort of a, a bigger community and to help people when you can, you mm. know, and, and how fortunate I feel that I'm able to do that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, I think you're a real asset to this entire area. Thank you. And I just oh, am that's so, really nice to I, I'm so honored to have met you today. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and all mm. of your insights, I think. Shared a lot that the listeners are going to really find. Good. I hope so. Very you know, exciting. I, I hope so. Do you think that I yeah. got across the idea about how you can be a mother and an artist and yeah. be successful? Yeah, I think it's that important. in this day and age, it's especially. That's why I said your mom was just so progressive yeah, for a, her that's day. That's a good connection. That was yeah, great. she yeah. was just doing it. <laughs> yeah, she was, wasn't she? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank right. you. Thanks Bye-bye. for having me. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.